tune in, tone up. Your one-stop shop for guitar tricks, tips, techniques and advice. With me, Gary Shilliday, and my own excellent teacher, Dan Davis. Hi there, Dan. Hi, Gary. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty pleased to have uh, uh, got the last episode out there and looking forward to getting more out there for our patient listeners. It's been one hell of a hiatus. <laughs> it definitely has. And uh, thanks for all the listens. They're coming in thick and fast, and uh, I hope that just carries on building now again, like it did before. So, thanks to all of you, and I hope you're finding everything really useful. Yeah, I still see them pop up on my Facebook now and again, that uh, tuning Toe Up is being followed, so it was gone for a little while, but not forgotten, clearly. Excellent. Cheers. All right, well, we're, today we were going to have a sort of follow-on lesson from last time, I think, weren't we? That's right. So, a little brief recap for those who were listening last time, and if, if you didn't listen last time i'm sure there's something in it for you um this time around that's hopefully worth a, a little listen to our podcast if you need the background of what we're doing today have a little listen to the podcast from a couple of weeks ago um, because it will most definitely sort of outline what's brought us to this place so really what we were looking at we're taking it not entirely back to basics but we were looking at that group of players that is the intermediate kind of player. Yeah. They ain't Eddie Van Halen just yet. <laughs> um, but they're definitely not a beginner. They've got a few moves. They probably know a bunch of chords, both barred and open. Um, they can play a bunch of songs. They can follow a tab. They've got some stuff going on. Uh, but as so often I have seen, Players often get locked into this pentatonic prison. Yes. Now, don't get me the wrong. Pentatonic prison. Pentatonic I like that. Prison. It's got some alliteration on that. Indeed. Pentatonic prison. Oh, uh, no. It's, uh, it's, one of, it's, not a, it's not always a bad place to be if you know how to kind of handle it and manipulate it a bit. But on its own, what so often happens is people know the first shape. <laughs> That was the sort of shape one in the key of A. And they'll know that an octave higher. And they might know the extension of that, which kind of sort of comes off of the A note on the seventh fret of the D string. Now, there's a lot you can do with that. In fact, if I cast my mind back, there was a guitarist magazine about 25, 30 years ago when yeah. I was a young boy. I used to <laughs> buy regularly with it. It was a lovely read with it. Uh, <laughs> uh, back then, they did the, like, the top solos of all time. I mean, this list must be compiled like on a kind of six-monthly basis. I've seen so many different lists for this. But this one stuck in my mind. I was an avid guitarist magazine reader at the time. And one of the things they mentioned as uh, sort of part of the facts was that 95% of people's favourite solos and riffs which have been lifted from songs were pentatonic based. Right, okay. Wow. Yeah. 95%. Yeah, that 
those like kind of repeating licks and things like that. That's what people like, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it kind of is one of those scales, as we said before, is all, all very useful, but also may take a bit of breaking out yeah. from. So, as we said last week, we're looking at the intermediate player, the weekend warrior, who maybe plays a bit for fun, gets together with his mates, likes to have a jam, maybe goes down the local jam night yeah. occasionally. As I say, maybe plays your puppy here and there, but he's locked in that pentatonic space. Yeah. Now, there's a lot more to the blues than just living in pentatonic box one, as we saw last week when we went to add some new notes, some neutral notes that would work in many a scenario. So this time, maybe we want to give it a little bit of fire, a little bit of polish. Yeah, okay. And maybe look at one or two other sort of moves that we can add. Yeah. So to start with, we're just going to have a little jam over a track. Um, I'll tell you what the track is, and I'm sure Gary will link it with a description yep. in the podcast. It's on YouTube, and it's called Dirty Blues Rock Guitar. Back in track jam, even A minor. Blues Rock Guitar. <laughs> Dirty. Yeah, Dirty Blues Rock Guitar, back in track jam in A minor. <laughs> That's not a mouthful, what it is. I'll be a song title. So we're going to roll this uh, backing track and we'll see what it gives. Uh, the first guitar you'll hear is actually on the backing track itself, giving you a little example of what it's all about. And then you'll hear our playing in the room. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. 
So I mean, what we're trying to do for the intermediate player is give them some easy stuff that they can kind of drop into their playing and then go and take and use. And yeah. Last week, we looked at adding the ninth. So the ninth is essentially two frets above your root. So if you're in the key of A, as we were there, yep. two frets higher leads us to a B note. Yep. Range, yeah. Now, what we can add in as well, and a note that I particularly like to use quite a lot, is adding in the sixth. Yeah. Now, yeah. if you're not maybe totally okay with what's fifth, what's sixth, it's really imagine a numbering system for your scale. Yeah. So everything goes back to the major scale. So if you played up the A major scale, I gave everyone a number. So number yeah. one is obviously your root note, it's A. A, B, C sharp, D, E, F sharp, G sharp, A. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. Eight. Be your octave. Yeah. So. And you can second, do that for the minor scale, because we're in minor as well, aren't we? So we are in minor, but of course some of the major notes are crossing over like the major six, because yeah. it's a F sharp rather than an F natural, which we're going to be using. But that's a story for another day. So the ninth is called the ninth because although it's only two frets above the A, in this case, so it's a B note, 
which would make it a second, surely. Yes. It's the next note in line in the scale. So if the root is number one, the second one must be number two. Yeah. The numbering system for the scales means that we're also looking at a sort of a two-octave range. Yeah. So you can look at it as a major second. Yeah. But you can also look at it as a ninth. Yeah. They're the same thing. If you know your chords and you know how chords are built and that you have your sevens and your sixes, your sus fours, your sus twos, and then above that, your elevens and thirteens and nines and major nines and so on, yeah. and then you'll kind of understand this. If not, it might be something worth kind of reading up on. So for us, we're going to look at the sixth note. So in this case, one, two, three, four, five, six, in key of A gives us an F sharp. Yep. So we've already got the ninth. <laughs> And now we've got the F sharp, which is the major six. So, yep. essentially, we now have all of the notes of what we call the Dorian mode. Right, okay. A, B, C, D, E, F sharp, and G. Now, if you're wondering how that turns out in the numbering system, because the advantage of the numbering system is with a little bit of thought, anywhere you land, you can then work out what the scale is from there. Yeah. You would have root, second, second, minor third, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, so that's a major sixth, flat seven, because the blues are really full of major sevens, it's full of dominant sevens, that's a flat one. Yep. Y'all. And then the So we can get these nice little moves with that note. The one which I particularly like to do, which is I'll say quite a nice solo opener sometimes, is to bend from the six to up to the flat seven. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now I'm actually only using the seven and the five there. I'm actually Going down a simpler road than the Not the uh, tritone. <laughs> i play it real slowly. Okay, now there was a guy, once upon a time, still alive, still exists, and his name was Carl Verhaeyen. Oh, excellent. Now, Carl Verhaeyen is an amazing player. He's like the love child of Brad Paisley and Eric Johnson, sort of oh, nicely put, put together. He's got this country thing going on, but he's got some of these real Eric Johnsonisms, which if you know our podcast for long enough, you'll know that that's right up my, right up my street. You'll be pleased to know Danny's on True Fire, so we can check him out. Oh, outstanding. <laughs> well, Carl Verhaeyen once said, over a certain chord change, we've only got so many notes that really go, unless we're going to really play outside of the keys and get all jazzy. And he said, what is it that makes one player sound so different from another when our note choices kind of we have to remain fairly similar? Unless we're going to do chromatic things or get really jazzy. And if we did a whole solo of that, we might alienate a few people. So going outside for a lick or two is fine. And 
then it's, you know, where are you going, Sam? Yeah, yeah, yeah you've exactly. Bring, you've got to bring it on home. Bring it back, yeah. So that being the case, you were saying what, what differentiates it? And these are all the things that no one tells you, uh-huh. no one thinks about, and then you get someone on Carl Verhagen has actually thought about it. Yeah. And kind of you go, do you know, man, you're right. Absolutely on the money with that. That's well observed. He said, I've come to realise it's the line. Yeah. It's the way that players construct their licks, the way they move across the fretboard. If you look at Guthrie Govan, he tends to move in very much sort of a, a diagonal fashion. It's sort, yeah. of, sort of a few notes up and then over, a few notes up and over, a few notes up and over. And that's often the way, you know, when I heard that and I tried it on the guitar, it makes perfect sense because you get a lot of bang for buck. Yeah. You know, so if I want to play a solo, say I'm in that key of A, our, and the old-fashioned key of A, and I'm playing our position one. I'm sort of locked into that running out of notes by the time I hit the eighth fret and I'm going to move into a new position. Whereas if you want long-flowing lines start lower than position one and position five put the octave down version on it work your way right up the neck yes yeah, so i started here third fret okay. So working diagonally, I get a lot more bang for buck. Yeah. I can do a lot more stuff, you know, have a broader kind of palette of the neck to, to, to deal with, if that's my thing. So every player has their way of moving around the guitar and also how they work their, their lines. Yeah. I was saying to a student earlier today, you know, we were doing some Eddie Van Halen stuff. And I was saying as much as Eddie Van Halen is pitched as being like the ultimate shredder yeah. by so many... And his playing is astonishing, was astonishing. However, he often used things that crossed through keys because they were a pattern. Mm. And they weren't necessarily a scale pattern. They were loosely related to the key. But where he was going for the effect of a flurry of notes, you know... It wasn't always in key. No, not technically, no. Whereas you look at someone like Ingve, it's always absolutely in key. Yeah. But then you look at someone like Alan Holdsworth and, you know, blow me. Who how, knows? <laughs> how that dude's mind works, I have no idea. Yeah. But wow. I mean, he was he was astonishing. Yeah. People tell me, here's a little nugget for you people out there who surf the internet all the time. Somebody said to me recently, the only person who used to scare Alan Holdsworth, guitar-wise, was a guy called Ollie Housel. Ollie Housel. 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 I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, he... I'll check him out. Ollie, there's not much stuff on YouTube. There's yeah. not much stuff to kind of grip onto. There certainly is some clever guitar work if you can find it. So, what can we use? So we can now add in our F sharp. So let's fletch out our scale a little bit. Yeah. Now, I'm going to now go back on everything I said, and I'm going to play this in position one. 
Okay. So I've got on the E string, low E, little five, five, seven, eight. On the A, I've got five and seven. On the D, it's four, five, seven. And same on the G, four, five, seven. Five, seven, eight on the top two. If you're ever wondering, it's basically the same as using the major scale from a step below. The step is the American term for a whole tone or two frets. So G major starting on A, that gives us A Dorian. Okay. Now for most blues stuff, unless every chord is a minor, well, in particular that D, mm. say we went from A to D, so the first to the fourth chord, if that's going to be a minor sounding chord... Yeah. Then we're going to have to have a little rethink. But providing it isn't, this really opens up the possibilities. Because you can now also, at your leisure, add in the blues note if you want to. Yeah. Now how this makes a difference to the extension of the scale. So I'll start on the 7th fret of the D. I get 7, 9, 10... stress this point because I think it's really important. When you're learning something, you really have to do it to death. To the point where the missus is sick of it, the kids are sick of it, the cat's sick of it, you're sick of it. You really have to, you really have to do it to death until you can do it in your sleep. And then once you can actually just rip through it, then it's a good time to maybe sort of reevaluate and go, well, I'm going to choose to or not to use that note. Yeah. Because you're going to have to get used to using these extra notes. Yeah, okay. You know, the six always works well over the number four chord. So if you imagine a blues is one, four, five. Yeah. So in this case, A, D being the four, E being the five, because they're the fourth and fifth notes. Oh, of yeah, the, the, D, the D is the major third, isn't it? The F sharp. The F sharp is the major third, D. Now, if you want to take it one step further without going down the rabbit hole, which is modes, because I'm trying to keep this sort of, what's the word, um, digestible for sort of people who are maybe just want to expand their playing a little bit and uh, yeah. don't have loads of time to maybe go and sort of sit and play for four hours a day and figure it all out. You can, if you want to, and it will work, shift that Dorian pattern up two frets for the five chord. Oh, right, you're yeah. You're going to get a mixolydian sound. So just play a B, Dorian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, nice. 
Um, or you know, if you want so that the, sort of sound, you could even you could even play like a uh, like a, a sort of B minor pentatonic. Yes. Well, that's cool because that gives you a different flavour, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I speak of the language. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, good. I'm going to give that a bash. Yeah. Hoping you'll join me. I will. <laughs>
Changing the pickups on the Gibson Les Paul there. <laughs> Some squealies. Good fun. <laughs> so, if you want to work these into other positions like I was doing there, it's not technically particularly difficult. It's a matter of obviously sort of knuckling down to sort of figuring out where you're going to go. Yeah. What might be a nice little additional thing to look at here, which you alluded to earlier, was style. Yeah. You know, and by that, I essentially mean you know, the techniques we're going to use to implement these notes and make the best of them. Yeah, should, should we make that the focus for for next time? That seems like... We can make that the focus for next time, absolutely. Good. So what I think would be really cool for you guys to do, look up backing tracks. Um, I think you guys probably will know if you listened to us last time that we hooked up with True Fire. Have a look at their stuff. There's some really interesting stuff there by Andy Wood and Matt Schofield and many, many others. Robin Ford is just a tremendous sort of blues jazz crossover player. Have a look on their website. There's lots of stuff you can jam to as well. And cool. just try and implement adding the sixth and adding the ninth or second. Same thing. Start looking at style and we'll look at it next time. Yeah. So when I say that, I'm gonna, we're going to be looking at sort of things like bending and maybe some chromatic passing notes and 
some moves that we can do using these notes. But I'd encourage all of you to you know, grab your guitar and try this stuff. I think a lot of people, when I've when I taught some people, certainly, they're scared of making a mistake in front of me. And what people need to understand is that at home, when I want to hear you scream, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Front of frontier, uh, <laughs> this is where you need to make your mistakes. Yeah. Home is where you make your mistakes. Live, that's just a ticking time bomb. If you think, oh, today I'm going to do something completely new and I haven't got a clue what I'm going to do, well, yeah. it's probably not a great idea. You know, you've got an audience, sometimes it's a paying audience. People come to see you. You need to put on a show. You need to be sure of what you're doing and make sure that what you're playing is within the limits of your capabilities. But you're woodshedding. Yeah. And that comes from way, way back in the day. We talk about chops, you know, technical ability on instrument, where, you know, somebody would grab an instrument and go to the, the woodcutting house or the chopping house where they could get some pieces and kind of practice yeah. their instrument. And so that became known as chops. Yeah. So at home is where it's best to do that. Once you compile your ideas and you feel you've got some ideas that you want to float and try, and I've said this on a previous video, but it was years ago, go into the rehearsal room with your band and try your ideas out. Yeah. Because the worst that can possibly happen, as long as you don't bore them to tears with all new ideas and you never get down to doing the song, Providing you are it's within the, the remit of what you've got to do for the rehearsal and you get everything done, you know, it's either going to go well yep. or it's going to be a cataclysmic failure. And if things go really badly, at least you can put your hands up and go, I'm really sorry, guys. I really have got to go back to the drawing board with that one. I'll play what I normally play, but I'm going to work on that. I had it with my band years ago and Prince rest in soul. But we yeah. covered Purple Rain for many, many years in my band. And we wanted to add something special at the end, a special twin guitar thing and go into a double time section. Now we've been doing that for years. It feels really easy. But when the other guy in the band, Alex and I, first got together and did it, it was car crash. Yeah. We thought we had it nailed. We went into a studio with the band. And like, yeah, we got something really cool worked out. I'm going to show us. But it's like this and how the band played and we just, you know, died. Yeah. Died of the embarrassment of a thousand deaths. <laughs> but at least we knew we had the grain of an idea. Yeah. And we could say to the guys, okay, it doesn't work. But don't worry. We're going we're gonna to go back. We're going to rehearse that. We're going to use a metronome. We're going to make sure it works. And in a couple of weeks, we'll be back. And we went back in three weeks after that rehearsal. And we nailed it. And it's been in the set ever since. Excellent. So, yeah. these, you know, home is where you... Get your stuff together. Rehearsal is where you make your mistakes. Yep. The gig is a different matter. There's, you know, you want as few mistakes as possible. We're all human and we all make them, but try and be the best you can at getting out of them. Yeah, okay. So that you cool. can rescue yourself. Yeah. And your, what's the word? Dignity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Cheers, Dan. No worries, chaps. See you all next time. See you next time. Have a fantastic couple of weeks. Stay tuned for more episodes, jams, improvisation ideas and well-informed thoughts about amps, pedals and guitar tone. If you enjoy this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, find us on SoundCloud or see our website on tunein-toneup.com.
Here you'll find show notes, tabs and further research and resources. It's also a good place to get in touch. We hope you're finding these lessons as interesting and as useful as I do, and if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. Thank you.